Well, Lord, we do come to that time, Lord, now, to bring your word, Lord. Lord, it's not going to be an easy subject tonight, but Lord, we do ask you tonight, Lord, that you would touch the message, because Lord, it's not one that I don't like to preach, but I have to preach it anyway. We thank you, Lord, that Danny and Brian are here, and they could hear this message too. Lord, maybe it's a wake-up call to all Christians. And Lord, maybe, just maybe, someone might take this to heart and put it to use. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, well, throughout the year, we've been doing a little bit, as the holidays come, we hit the different holidays and talk about them. Now, some are so minor that they really don't need to be talked about because we either celebrate them the right way or most people don't give a hoot about them anyway, such as Sweetest Day. I mean, that, that there's a holiday while well, we should be doing that every day of the year. Sweetest Day is when you're supposed to be, its original beginnings was to concentrate on the poor and needy of this country and of the land or whatever. But you know what they did? They change it to some stupid thing that has to do with sweethearts. has nothing to do with the original meaning of you're supposed to be thinking of the poor and the, and the less fortunate. Well, Jesus told, told us we should have been doing that a long time ago every day. Amen. So, I mean, <laughs> that, that there is a short and sweet message right there on Sweetest Day. Amen. And then when you get to, uh, there's some holidays here that we're coming up on now. They're, they're practically all in one combined thing, but we're going to read them because I think all three together, if we put them together, give us a strong message. Amen. So here, Ruthie's going to read us what they originally were and what they were meant to be and what they are, and we're going to see about them tonight. Amen. Okay. The first one is Reformation Sunday. This is the Sunday nearest October 31st. This observance, which began among Lutherans, has been become widespread in most major Protestant denominations. It's a commemoration of the day, October 31st, 1517, when Martin Luther nailed his 95 thesis to the church door at Wittenberg, Germany. At the time, Luther was an ordained Roman Catholic priest and a lecturer on philosophy and theology at the University of Wittenberg. He did not initially intend to break with Rome, but was disgusted with the sale of indulgences yeah. or buying forgiveness of sins for cash. Yeah. I don't blame him. <laughs> and he had 95 grievances. I'd have more than that, but we'll get into that. Uh, Luther expected an argument from local townsfolk and officials, but instead the thesis was being read throughout Germany. After many confrontations, Luther was excommunicated from the Catholic Church. <coughs> Amen. And declared a heretic. Well, I probably would be too, but that's okay. <laughs> so, with the help of German princes, who were too glad to cast aside the authority of Rome, Martin Luther became the leader of the Protestant Reformation. Okay, now we go to All Saints Day, which is November 1st. The first mention of a feast day held in commemoration of all the martyrs was in the churches of Eastern Christendom in the 4th century. 
This was held on the first Sunday after Pentecost and is still celebrated then by the Eastern Church. Pope Boniface IV, on May 13th of the year 609 or 610, dedicated the Parthenon, an old Roman temple, to the Blessed Virgin of the Mar- and the Martyrs. I think that's Pantheon. I think that's Pantheon, not Parthenon. This day was observed as All Saints' Day until Pope Gregory IV changed it to November 1st in 835, probably for the purpose of Christianizing the ancient pagan festival. Oh, they Christianize a festival, but oh well. <laughs> Held then in northern and central Europe and in Druidic lords, the Eve of All Saints, All Hallows' Eve, belonged to the witches who, with the devil and his menons, burlesque the feast of all saints with their own revelries. Their gathering places were well known, the um, Brocken Mountains in Germany, the Forest of Ardennes in France, the Brocks Leagues in Sweden, and in Great Britain such uncanny sights as Stonehenge. For Roman Catholics, the day is a holy day of obligation. Last but not least is Halloween. When observed October 31st, earliest observance unknown. While the name and most recent influences of Halloween, the name means the evening before All Hallows, or All Saints Day, November 1st, the day itself is of Druidic origin. Most of the customs of the day are the remnant of ancient religious beliefs connected with the celebrations of the New Year's, first and feast of the Druids. And then of the Romans in conquered them. For the Celtic tribes who followed the religion of the Druids inhabited Wales, Ireland, and the highlands of Scotland and the promotion of Brittany. November 1st was New Year's Day then. It was also a joint festival honoring their sun god and Samham, the Lord of the Dead. According to uh. Sir James Fraser, in this sickening, these pastoral people selected this day. I'll be glad to get through this, you guys. <laughs> because it marked the return of the cattle to the barns for the winter, just as their feast of Beltane on May 1st initiated the pasturing of the animals. The one day signified the beginning of winter and the other the beginning of summer. It was common to have the horses sacrificed since they were sacred to the sun god. There were also human sacrifices. Burning was a punishment for which is it was even more important as a rite of purification. Now, All Hallows' Eve, in the 88th century, Pope Gregory III moved the church festival of All Hallows or All Saints' Day to November 1st. In the following century, Pope Gregory IV decreed that the day was to be a universal church observance. It was in honor of all the saints who had died with or without official church recognition, of their sanctity. The eve of All Saints Day, All Hallows Even, became known during the Middle Ages as the time favored by witches and sorcerers. Halloween in America now. The children of America have taken over the holiday, making it a fun-filled occasion to dress up in outlandish costumes, carve jack-o'-lanterns, trick-or-treat for sweets and fruits, and listen to ghost stories. Halloween costumes and the trick-or-treat. The modern custom of going door-to-door, begging candy, nuts, apples, and pennies, while masked and dressed in a grotesque or outlandish costume, goes back ultimately to the pagan New Year's feast. In recent years, 
under the auspices of UNICEF, youngsters and adults have gone door-to-door collecting funds for the poor children of the world rather than treats for themselves. And finally, that's it, guys. Yeah! We're glad to get done hearing about it, but we're not done hearing about it. Sorry. What I'm going to talk about is actually how all three are actually involved with each other. I think God did that on purpose. He let all those dates fall together. You notice Martin Luther, Martin Luther came and he tried to preach the Reformation and tell the Catholic Church, wait a minute, you don't work to get to heaven. It's by grace alone, boys. And and you notice the word they use. He nailed his 95 theses. Those are a doctrinal statement on the door of a church. Now, those weren't just grievances. These were his doctrinal statement. He was saying, I got a problem with you Catholics. Now, but you know what's sad? We call the Catholics a cult. But who was it that took their which is a cultic anyway, worship of the dead people that had died before that had been so-called Christians, who moved it toward to try to overshadow a cult holiday? The Catholics. And we call them cults. Uh, hello? Come on here. It's them who sit there and uh, said, look, let's try to p- come up with another holiday because... We need to get the emphasis off of the ghosts and the ghouls and the goblins and all that. Well, tonight, I want to talk a little bit about that because those two being reformed from Halloween is what I want to talk about tonight. Yes, I'm going to bring a scripture out, a couple of scriptures to talk about where Halloween's wrong. But then, how could we take that same celebration and bring Jesus back into it? The Catholics didn't go far enough. They were trying to worship some dead saints. No, we ought to be worshiping Jesus. Amen. And that's all I want to talk about tonight. Amen. All right. Uh, what scriptures do we have? Okay, we got three scriptures, so we're going to have... Danny, we're going to get you to read one here. Okay. Okay. The first one is Okay, Galatians 4.10. Ruth is going to read that, but what's the second one, Ruth? Um, the next one is Exodus 22.18. D- Danny, Exodus 22 and 18. I'm going to have you read that. Okay. Exodus 22.18. But first, Ruth is going to read Galatians, what was it? 4.10. You observe days and months and times and years. Now think about it. He's saying that we have been doing that ourselves. Ooh, shamey, shamey. Come on, Danny. 22 what? 2218. Exodus 2218. Okay. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Mm. Hello? We're not supposed to let... If somebody was in the Old Testament day and they were caught doing witchcraft, the Bible said they were supposed to be killed. Don't put up with that sinful stuff. Okay, she's going to be reading 18, 10 to 12. Okay? Go ahead, Ricky. <clears throat> okay, it's Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12. 
There shall not be found among you any one that maketh uh, his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or a neck enchanter, or a witch. Verse 11. Or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. And necromancy also has to do with worship of the dead, which is exactly what the Catholic Church was doing with their All Saints Day. They were uh, pulling the Druid holiday, keeping it very much similar, but, well, we'll just talk about the saints who die. Now, let's take a look at Halloween for what it is, and then ask ourselves, as Christians... Should we be involved in it in the way it is? Or is there a way that we could still take the holiday, be able to have a way to celebrate, but not emphasize Satan? Now, you notice how I said that. How could we bring Christ into it? Now, wait a minute. Uh, I know some people are going to already start and say, Hold it, preacher. Well, you shouldn't do that. Excuse me, but the devil has no problem. The devil has no problem taking and bringing fat boy into Christmas. You don't mind having the fat uh, 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 frozen guy sit in the yard or the fat dude on a sled. They don't have one problem in bringing them into Christ's birthday. They'll have no problem in pulling them into Christ's holiday, but all of a sudden you ain't supposed to come and touch the devil's holiday? I find a problem with that. Devil, you start fooling with my holiday. You start fooling with my Lord's holiday. And you start bringing the Easter bunny into Easter. Telling, uh, saying, well, some stupid rabbit comes hopping down the street with stupid chocolate eggs. You start telling me that garbage. Let me tell you something. You trying to take over Christ's resurrection? I, you better believe I'm going uh, to uh, whip up on your holiday. Amen. So... So, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what the holiday is first, what they got presently, and what it stands for. We already read that it's uh, from this book that we've been using to tell us what the holidays are. We already know what Halloween's all about. It's an old Druid celebration that worshipped the dead... And how trick-or-treat came into being was they, were tr- they knew that if they didn't put some treats out there, that these, uh, the druids, would, the, the, these kids would come down and uh, egg your house or something. And it's exactly what happens today when you don't give kids on your street uh, gifts of whatever. And, and they did it here too. But the whole point is, They'll do that on you because what they're trying to emphasize is they want the, the it's a greedy thing. It, it no, the only thing that represents that old holiday is the fact that the kids go dressed up as ghouls, as goblins, as ghosts, as witches. It's still got the, the it's the only holiday that has retained its old roots. Excuse me, but the Christmas tree does not no more represent today. The Christmas tree doesn't represent any more the tree of lights as it did in Druid days, other than the fact that you got electrical bulbs on the silly thing. Right. But nowhere did the Druids put ornaments on that tree. They only had lights on it. 
Well, the whole point that I'm saying is today we've effectively taken a lot of that emphasis off of the Druid celebration of the winter solstice. But Halloween, straight from hell, has kept its and retained its cult. Why? Because us Christians say, well, you should, and quote, here's exactly what they all say, well, you shouldn't celebrate Halloween if you're a Christian. Wait a minute, you're not, as long as you're not, that's right, you shouldn't celebrate Halloween. Uh, Thank you, Ruthie. There's a big difference between celebrating the harvest, which happens around this time of year, and celebrating Halloween. Uh, so, So let's take a look at the holiday rate as it presently is. You got kids that come around and they say, trick or treat. Meaning, you either give me a treat or I'm going to trick you by egg in your house or whatnot. Of course, the devil is rampant on this holiday. This is the night on Halloween night when witches and warlocks are out doing their thing. Because it is the high day of their holiday. And... They go out, and if you got a black cat, you better hide the sucker. Because they're going to be looking for black cats. Your kids better watch what they're doing, because some of them might get something in their cookies or whatever. Well, the whole point is, there are dangers because this is the devil's holiday. Now, the, ja- the, the, the jack-o'-lantern, the pumpkin that's carved with the ugly face... That goes back to the Druids when they used to have a pumpkin out and they put a candle in it to ward off and they carved the face to ward off the evil spirits. That's where that comes from. It all comes from that original Druid holiday. None of it has changed. Not one bit of it. The only thing that's now been added by people is they, they get their Dracula and their Frankenstein and all their decorations out like Ruth and I saw going down the road. There's this, it looks like part of a skeleton sticking up out of the ground like as if it's somebody coming up from the dead. And hands on. It, that's what they're doing. But, but now isn't that funny? They'll brazenly put that stuff out. And at Christmas they'll put Fat Boy in the yard. But you know what? Hello, Christians. Where are you? When it's time for you to put out a Mary and Joseph, where are you? When it's time to put a cross in your front yard and say, Jesus is the reason for the season, where are you? When it's time to put up a candelabra to remind people of Hanukkah, where are you? When it's time for Easter, where is your cross in the front yard saying that Jesus paid it all? Where are you when you could be putting out their songs about uh, uh, away in a manger? What happened with that? No, we want to put out there. We want to. We we want to sing about. Here comes Satan Claus. Here comes Satan Claus. Right, a big fat boy. Excuse me, that's a double message. Keep fat boy away from my Jesus. Amen. But the whole point that I'm making tonight is we know Halloween isn't good. Halloween is celebrated because it's the devil's holiday. But what is a pumpkin? Is that pumpkin evil? 
No, you can make. Uh, you're right, Ruth. You make use of a good pumpkin pie. What makes that pumpkin wrong for Halloween is when you start carving a face and put a candle in it. The pumpkin ain't evil. It's what you do with it. You could take that same pumpkin, sit it on your porch, don't carve a thing. I mean, leave it whole, and 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 take a marker on the outside of that uh, uh, skin, and you could write down. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, is that pumpkin evil? No. No. If you take and sit some corn stalks out there, and some wheat stalks, and show that God has allowed us to harvest the land... And saying, thank you, Jesus, and have a sign over on the other side that says, thank you, Jesus, for our food. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with if you have some kid come to the door and said, trick or treat, why ain't you standing there in a Bible costume and handing them a gospel tract? And if you hand them candy, say, look, I'm giving you this tract because what's in this tract is just as sweet as this candy. What's wrong with giving them the message of the gospel? We've got something to give them, and when it's time, when you know they're all going to be coming, knocking on your door, what do you do? You close your door, turn off your light, because, oh, I don't want to celebrate the devil's holiday. You're not celebrating the devil's holiday if you're giving them the signs of the harvest, and you're standing there, not in some ghost costume, and not playing some garbage over your t- speakers if you're playing amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me if you're playing that music and they come to your door and knocking and you say here's a gospel track here's something about jesus it's just, it's sweeter than any of this candy you're ever receiving tonight and you give them the gospel and you show them love of jesus what is wrong with that uh, excuse me, there's not one thing wrong with it. Oh, but come on, preacher. Aren't you celebrating the devil's holiday? No, I'm not. Show, show me one place where I celebrated the devil's holiday. Dressing up in a, a, a costume that shows me as an angel. Or, or, or as a Bible character like Paul. What, oh, how does that celebrate Halloween? If I'm standing there handing them a gospel tract, how's that celebrating Halloween? If I got a pumpkin out there with John 3.16 on it, how's that celebrating Halloween? I'm only celebrating Halloween when I put that stupid set of hands out in my yard that's all lit up like someone died and they're starting to come up out of the ground. Uh, When you got the ghosts and goblins and ghouls and witches and all that junk, yeah, of course, then you're celebrating the holiday, and that's what the Bible is against. The nowhere. And I give the challenge to anybody that's listening to this message... As I've said before, you never believe a word I say until you can prove me wrong from the Bible. So I'm giving you the challenge. Show me one verse in that there Bible that says you can't put a pumpkin on your porch with John 3.16 on it. Show me one verse that says that I can't dress up in a Paul costume and stand at my door and hand somebody a gospel tract. Uh, I could show you a verse that says I'm supposed to. Go ye therefore into all nations... I could give you a verse for it. Preach the gospel to every creature. I could give you a verse for it. 
Now you show me one that says I'm, I'm wrong. I'm not dressed as a witch, I'm not dressed as a ghoul, and I'm sure not worshipping the dead. So, hey, if I'm not doing none of the bad things that God clearly came against, then, and only then, God doesn't have a problem with it. God doesn't have a problem with you having a holiday. You could have holidays to your purple in the face. You could have holidays till they're coming out your ears. You could celebrate every day of your life. It's not God against celebration. God is against why. If you're over there worshiping some ghouls and goblins and witches and junk and all that stuff, God's got a big problem with that. But if you're over there and you say, look, you come to my door, I, I stand in there and there at a, a John the Baptist outfit, or a Samson outfit, or a David and Goli- you know David outfit, and I say, here, I want to give you something. I want to give you something better than what you're getting. You're getting that bag full of candy. That's going to rot your teeth. But I'm going to give you something sweeter than that candy, and it's not going to rot your teeth, but in fact will take you from hell to heaven. Yeah. Now, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with taking your friends... And having a harvest party at your house and Bob Frapples. Huh? What's wrong with having some cake and saying, Thank you, Lord, for the harvest? What's wrong with having some good old pumpkin? Oh, I better stop. Pumpkin pie, huh? How about some good old apple pie, huh? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with having a nice little party and some fellowship, gather around the Word of God? All I'm saying is. All I'm saying is there's not a thing wrong with having parties. God ain't got nothing against a party. All he's concerned about is why you're doing it. Why are you doing it? What are you doing? If you're over there celebrating and saying, we, uh, well, hey, that I'm a ghost. Get a life. Yeah, there's a go- there is one ghost that I know of. The Holy Ghost. And I certainly ain't going to dress up in a costume trying to be him because I know I ain't. Trust me, I'd like to be like Jesus, but I know I ain't him either. Yeah, I may be one of those Ashtabula angels, but I could tell you right now, I've told people more than once, I definitely ain't close to being an angel. I don't qualify. But I know one thing, I sure am like, the, uh, like some of the people in the Bible. I'm trying my best just to get up. I'm trying my best to serve the master whom I call Jesus. I'm doing my best. And what's so bad is, is people get up and complain about, well, you aren't celebrating Halloween if you dress up. You know what I saw happen one day, Danny? This is years ago. Me and Ruth used to live on a street called Park Avenue. We decided that year it was a... Right after we were called as a gospel group, the Ashtabula Angels, it was the very year after, so it was 1988. In 1998, we were standing on our porch in our angel costumes, passing out tracks. Guess who happens to walk up? These guys were not asking for candy. You know what they were doing? They were passing out the Jesus video. Their church had went and bought a pile of the Jesus videos, instead of trick-or-treating, they were going out and giving a treat. Hello! 
what's wrong with that? If you want to dress up and go get candy instead of getting candy, why don't you go out there and start passing out tracks to every house you go to? If your kids want to trick-or-treat and get candy, okay, let your kids have some candy. Dress them up as Paul and Peter. You get them out there, and, and, and they go get their candy. And as they show up at each door, they hand the person at the door a tract. Huh? What's wrong with that one? Let them hand them that uh, tract that we get. Uh, uh, it says, you don't have a ghost of a chance. Huh? From Bible tracts. Why don't you just hand them a, that gospel tract? Give them something worth looking at at Halloween. Y'all want to think about ghosts? Well, I'll give you something to think about. You don't have a ghost of chance of getting into heaven by your works. See, the Catholics, the Catholics were trying to do it, trying to change the holiday, but they were still trying to retain too much of it. I am not saying retain the Halloween tradition as it is. I'm saying turn that thing upside down on its head. The only thing you do is if you're going to give out candy, make sure you give out candy with something worth giving out. Give them, give them the gospel. Or give them a, get one of those little small pocket New Testaments. And get those out. What's wrong with that picture? Huh? Is that sinful? No, that's giving them something worth eat, uh, taking. And then, if you're going to put some decorations out, put you some pumpkins out there with John 3.16 and a couple other good verses. Like Ephesians 2.8 and 9. Or Titus 3.5. Or Revelation 3.20. Or, uh, or Romans 6.23. Romans 10.9 and 10. Or Romans 10.13. Or Acts 16.31. Uh, Huh? Yeah, I already said that. <laughs> What's wrong with that? We put some pumpkins out. Get you a whole pile of pumpkins. Put put each of those verses out. One verse per pumpkin. Put them all around. Yeah. So, I mean, give them something worth looking at. If they're going to look at your pumpkins, make it worth looking at. You don't have to celebrate the devil's holiday. Turn that thing upside down on its head and turn it into a Jesus holiday. Jesus ain't against you having a celebration while you're doing it. That's right. I, I'm sorry, but there's too many people out there worried about, well, you shouldn't celebrate Halloween. Oh, if you're going to have a celebration, do it on a whole different day. Well, that's what the Catholic Church tried. That's why they got All Saints Day. And, the, and you know what? Sorry to tell you, the old devil grabbed that too. devil said, okay, well, now we'll have two days. All Hallows' Eve, the night before all Saints Day, and we'll take All Saints Day too. So, Catholic Church didn't succeed. Now, remember, remember we started with Martin Luther. We're going to end with him. What did Martin Luther do? Did he come up and say, okay, Catholic Church, you know, I'll pat you on the back. I, you know, I have a few problems with you, but, you know, uh, I'll keep it quiet and just sort of be nice about it. No, he nailed his theses on the door so people could read them as they were walking in the church door. He nailed it right there for everybody to see. He said, these are my grievances. This is my problem with you, Catholic Church, about selling indulgences, meaning selling, uh, selling forgiveness for money, which I'm sorry is exactly what the churches of today are doing. Amen! Amen. They, they, they're selling Jesus out for the offering plate. Amen, I'm preaching it now. I don't care if they get mad at me. But the whole point is he nailed his theses up there. Not afraid of the consequences. He knew he might get booted. And you know what? He did get booted. But you know what? 
Today, people remember Martin Luther as being somebody who stood up and didn't go with the grain. Uh, excuse me. Any old dumb fish could go with the current. It takes a stronger fish to go upstream. It takes a rare fish to go upstream than it does to go with the current. Anybody could just go along with the flow because you don't have to do nothing. You just relax and let it flow. But in order to go upstream, you got to work. Well, you want to go against the devil's holiday, work at it. That doesn't mean you just say, oh, well, I'm going to be a pacifist and not celebrate at all. All you're doing is saying, well, okay, I'll let you do what you want instead of taking and showing them, look, look at Christmas time. Look at Christ's birth time. The time that we celebrate, anybody with their head screwed on straight knows that Jesus wasn't born on the 25th, but there is evidence to suggest that that was the date that the wise men finally showed up at the house to give him the gifts. So December 25th was the day they did finally show up. We do know that Jesus wasn't technically born then, but we chose that date as a date to say, okay, we're going to celebrate Jesus. Originally, that was okay. Until all of a sudden, some idiot in the Catholic Church trying to emphasize Jesus as God did it in a roundabout way and ended up bringing Satan Claus into it. It's the truth of it. Satan Claus came about because some guy trying to show that Christ was our gift and that Christ was God, he was trying to be a guy giving out gifts, like Christ got gifts. And his name was St. Nicholas. Then the next thing you know, you got Santa Claus, and then it got commercialized. They got commercialized. Originally, he was a Catholic trying to emphasize to the Catholic Church that Jesus is God. Well, it didn't work. And Satan Claus now is a commercialized thing about Christmas. But... But the whole point is, the whole deal is, hey, if the devil could take God's holiday and turn it upside down and make himself money and get more popularity than Jesus does, if he could get more popularity, what's wrong with us at least giving it our best shot to take the devil's holiday, turn it on its head, and say, look, there is a Jesus and he allowed us to harvest our crops this year and we're going to thank him for it by celebrating the harvest. Now, what do you see wrong with that picture? I don't see nothing wrong with it. And in fact, go read your Bible. Come on, guys that's been studying with me. Don't you remember studying about the, uh, the feast where they, they were supposed to, the ingathering? Remember the feast of ingathering? Remember that one, Danny? Yes. That was the harvest festival of the Jewish people. They celebrated the harvest uh, what happened to us in America? Yeah, we should be celebrating a harvest. Oh, well, we say, well, we got Thanksgiving Day that celebrates that. Really, Thanksgiving has nothing to do with the harvest party. Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving is more of a tradition that came from the Indians, and we're thanking God for our country is more what Thanksgiving is, more than uh, the fact that we're thanking God for food. Thanksgiving's been all whacked out of its whack, too. But the whole point is, we ought to be having a harvest party about now saying, thank you, Lord, for the harvest. That's what my opinion of it is. I'm not against people going and having yourself a party. I'm just saying is, when you have your party, if you're going to celebrate this time of year, make sure you know what you're doing and why you're doing it.
if you're going to put a pumpkin on your porch, why is that pumpkin there? If you got that stupid thing carved up with a light bulb in it, I've got something to say about that. But if you got that out there with John 3.16 on it, buddy, I'm going to be over there patting you on the back. You better believe it. If you got a cross in the yard with, uh, the, with Jesus saves written across it, I'm with you. But if you got some stupid upside down cross in your yard, I've got something to say about that. Because my Bible says you ain't supposed to be worshiping the devil. Jesus is the only reason that we should be celebrating. We should figure a way to put Jesus into every celebration we have. If you're going to have a holiday, put Jesus in it some way. Amen. So yes. if, you're going, if you're going to dress up in your costume, make sure, hey, what's wrong with being old Samson? <laughs> uh, I think I might try that next year. I'm going to be Samson. I have to find me something that will look like the gates of Gaza. Amen. <laughs> Give them something worth looking at, huh? Who the heck is this? <laughs> oh, I'm Mr. Sean. I got the gates of Gaza here. <laughs> what's going on with this? What's this going on? Oh, we're just celebrating the harvest here. <laughs> and I decided to grab the gates of Gaza. Amen. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can look toward you, Jesus. There's too many times, Lord, that we're too busy looking at other people. And we're too busy nitpicking as to why somebody does something. And this time of year is no, no exception. We nitpick and say, well, somebody's uh, putting on a costume. Lord, if they're not putting on a witch or warlock costume, if they're just dre dressing up as a, as a Bible character, I don't see why that's a problem. If they're handing out candy with a tract, Lord, I don't see it where you got a thing in the Bible against it. And I'm so sick of people that nitpick in the churches, Lord. Saying, saying that that's wrong. They've literally stopped what could be a good thing. We could be turning this thing upside down for you, Jesus. We could literally shut the devil's holiday down if we would only put our minds and hearts to it. We could show the people that there is a reason for celebrating. We could be celebrating thanking you for the harvest and the food that you give us through the year. That you allowed our crops to grow and that you allowed the farmers to harvest a good bountiful crop that we'd be able to have something in our bellies. But we're so stinking greedy we won't even say thank you. But Lord, as for me, that's exactly what I plan to do. If I plan to have a harvest party, if I plan to have a party around this time, it's going to be to thank you. Not to indulge myself and to get fat, but just to rather to indulge myself in you and tell people about you so they could get fat on your word. Because, Lord, if we get fat on your word, that's one thing that we don't have to worry about losing weight later. Amen. That's one fatness we don't have to worry about losing. Amen. Lord, that, that's one fatness that won't hurt our heart muscles. That's one fatness that won't hurt us uh, in our physical beings because, if anything, our spirits could always get fat on you, but it doesn't cause no complications. I do thank you, Lord. It doesn't cause diabetes. So, Lord, we do ask right now, Lord, that you would just touch. Help the people to realize there is another way. That you don't have to worry about celebrating the devil's holiday. You could celebrate your holiday, Lord. We could turn this into a harvest holiday, a Thanksgiving holiday party for you. Saying, thank you, Lord, for the harvest. So, Lord, help us now. Help us, Lord, as we look to you, the Lamb. The Lamb, Lord, who is worthy, who is slain for us. Lord, it isn't 
you, the only person that truly came from the dead was you, Lord. And Lord, you didn't come back from the dead to go be some stupid ghost. You sent, you came back to, from the dead so you could go to the heaven and be our mediator. And then you sent us a comforter. Not some stupid ghost that was planning to scare us, but a ghost rather that was supposed to comfort us. So we thank you. Lord, we ask you now tonight as we give the invitation that people would look to the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. We ask them to look to you, Jesus, as we ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen.